Chapter Seven of Interventions. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Interventions by Georgia Wood Pangborn. Chapter Seven. Rasselas in the Vegetable Kingdom. The make-believe of grown people lacks both realism and romance being merely a kind of stupid falsity that neither pleases nor deceives The house where Rasselas lived was of this sort of make-believe a large and splendid toy Brobdingnagian for any house while Rasselas was little even for eight years old The floors were slippery the rugs dim and soft the absent-minded statues stood about in attitudes nobody seeming to mind their being white and unfinished When Rasselas offered to paint them with his watercolors. He was refused with empty laughter Had there been reality or romance anywhere it surely would have lurked in Rasselas's playroom one would think But a maid and a governess were there nearly all the time the maid to keep things neat the governess to impart useful information in general which included showing him how to play with his toys and everyone knows that this is no way to manage a playroom But the governess's ideas about geography were creditable Egypt was good on account of the Sphinx and the pyramids so little being known about the inside of them so many interesting things having been dug out of the sand South America was good too because of the forests with animals in them then if you cared to go to the North Pole there were polar bears the aurora borealis and snow huts at that time Rasselas still supposed himself to be one Harold Marlowe not having discovered his right name That knowledge came out of a book filched from the great glass cases of the mustn't touch library a Stiff learned book though with some rather interesting woodcuts. He would never have tried to read a book without pictures with misty trees on its shining leather covers its leaves stuck together with gilding proving Rasselas to be the first in that house who had read it Rasselas Johnson was the name of the book the words being written one above the other It was the tale of a prince who lived in a certain happy valley and did not like it On one of those days when a new nurse and a new governess were to arrive in the evening Rasselas sat long upon the veranda beside his mother who was reading and she fell asleep because Rasselas supposed there were no pictures in the book she read Her delicate underlip relaxed her forehead crumpled by the ray of sunlight that lay across her eyes She was a plump good-natured person who but for her toilettes and social duties might have been cuddlesome Then Rasselas softly departed upon a tour about the great stone wall with spikes on top searching in the character of that other Rasselas means of escape from the happy valley until in that part of the grounds where the mustn't touch fruits grew he came upon a grapevine which had hooked an elbow about one of the iron spikes of the wall and seemed strong enough to give one a hand up he clutched the sharp points of the spikes thrusting his toes between them and looked upon the world as he had never done before though he had been often out in it riding and walking with people who eagerly told him to look at this thing and that to really see a thing one must discover it himself First he considered the blue uneven mountains then the roofs of the town a mile away 
then the half-hidden red chimney of the little house next door and so was approaching by degrees that which was more immediately beneath him when he was challenged as people must expect to be challenged at the boundaries of other people's kingdoms and his name demanded rasselas johnson he replied at once the sentry wore a white sunbonnet and must throw her head very far back to train the funnel on him properly rasselas considered the face at the bottom of the funnel and the result of his examination was that without further parley he slipped sideways between the spikes and jumped down beside her she stuck out a tremulous underlip you jumped on my moonflowers said she it is the most rapid growing of all climbing vines she recited in a voice weak with repressed tears although a perennial species in the tropics sniff it is as readily grown from seed as any annual the vines are literally covered with thousands of immense pure white fragrant flowers many of them measure seven inches across the voice failed the accusatory sunbonnet funnel turned away and was hidden in the crook of a small elbow the sleeve was tight and the elbow tip had worked its way through there isn't any such thing said rasselas looking about was it a game he hardly knew what to think there was going to be she gesticulated backward at the point of rasselas's hands knees and feet in the brown earth some broken half-shaped leaves were crushing into the soil i had soaked the seeds till they were all cracked and pobby I soaked them for days and days and I planted them in boxes in the house and I transplanted them into little flower pots and then I set them out here and then you jumped on them I'm sorry said Rasselas sadly for he remembered now having heard that one planted seeds in order to have flowers I only wanted to get out of the happy valley it isn't it's mr. Marlowe's place I suppose the gardener was chasing you off, but you needn't have come down on my moonflowers. He had begun with romance. Why not continue it? Why not reconstruct all things gloriously? The gardener didn't chase me. He's my uncle. I can go anywhere. I like and do anything I please. I should like to play with you now. I was playing at working in my garden, but that's no use now. I know a story quoth rasselas and he launched into the tale of the prince in the happy valley and so they went back he finished into abyssinia because they thought they ought to but that was silly i think why should they ought it was nicer outside and so they named me rasselas johnson out of the book and i am visiting my uncle who is mr marlowe's gardener and they let me do anything i want to i have very good times he asserted emphatically because I can go out of the gate and play with other children and make mud pies Anybody can make mud pies Master Harold can't he's mr. Marlowe's little boy. They don't even let him play with me While they were conversing a long narrow shadow had been advancing upon them silently Rasselas was the first to become aware of this shadow as it shot beyond them across the perished moonflowers to the wall and was there bent in the middle as one bends a paper doll to make it sit down from there on it stood upright in the likeness of a man with a wide-brimmed hat rasselas and the sunbonnet funnel turned at the same instant and she said he jumped on my moonflowers papa 
but he was in a hurry to get out of the happy valley the gentleman made no reply other than to sit down with them cross-legged and being a tall thin person in a linen duster one thought of those long-legged sand-coloured grasshoppers with knees drawn up in meditation he examined the little broken plants attentively found one whose stem was not severed and silently replaced it adjusting the earth about its roof half a loaf he said is better than no bread besides you have had an adventure which is better still adventures are uncommon in the vegetable kingdom is this the vegetable kingdom asked rasselas the little girl giggled but not so her father part of it he mused his face rippling into benevolent wrinkles why not i have just been putting down an insurrection of pusley in the strawberry bed our borders are never safe against wild carrots and i noticed the spies of the enemy were already in the potato field these people rasselas perceived understood how to play he blushed with pleasure are you the king yes you don't mind my not wearing a crown i don't very often they haven't invented a crown yet that is worth a cent to keep off the sun until they do a straw hat does very well you can play it's a crown yes i can do that did i understand you to say that you were rasselas prince of abyssinia you ought to be wearing crowns yourself i should think but i suppose you were in such a hurry to get out of the happy valley you couldn't stop for one he looked shrewdly at the boy who amended with dignity rasselas johnson johnson of course johnson you also described yourself if i mistake not as a young man of unusual freedom whose temporary absence would be unlikely to cause alarm rasselas looked anxious but nodded the gentleman looked him over thoughtfully well said he it may be that your modesty causes you to underrate your importance or it may be uh in some sort glamour poetical license at all events it would seem to be bad to have scaled so high a wall to no purpose and i have seen the happy valley he shrugged his shoulders and rose up so tall that he could look over the wall when he stood on his tiptoes i think i shouldn't care to stay in the happy valley myself he muttered when he had so surveyed it let's go to the palace what with intriguing pusley and this melancholy accident to the infant ladies-in-waiting of the princess inez i think we have had enough of matters of state for one day the vegetable kingdom prince has its cares as well as other kingdoms but the crown being of straw is not so heavy as other crowns and the head that wears it does not lie uneasy although a person of the least importance as you describe yourself i dare say you will have to be back to tea or dinner but in the meantime there are milk and cookies at the palace your mother wants you inez the palace was cool and dim no queen or other royal person was in the dining-room only two blue bowls of milk and a plate heaped with cookies the king had announced the coming of the guest but the queen was too busy to bother with visiting princes that day rasselas had never before seen a house like this in the vegetable kingdom the floors were painted brown and the walls a mild variation of terracotta everywhere there were bookshelves with loose papers or pamphlets inserted in the spaces left by the tops of the books not in the least resembling a mustn't touch library also there were divans and window seats indicating people of leisurely habits 
and many cushions mostly grimy and out at elbow there was a rug with fringe singularly mutilated a guinea pig hitched out from under the divan and began to lunch upon this rug as soon as the children had settled down to their meal he thinks the fringe is grass said inez we are all wondering what he will do when he gets through with the fringe i don't know what we should do if he kept right on and ate the rug his name is sardanapalus so they took the guinea pig with them when they went back to the garden changing it from one thing to another as they happened to need now an elephant and now a lion a matter of great indifference to sardanapalus who wherever you put him down will begin to eat at once without argument or criticism of his environment there were few environments that sardanapalus could not eat but he liked green best and picked out the clover in it first papa is a poet said inez what's yours rasselas said i'm a norphan and i come from a n institution he said it rather abstractedly for people on the other side of the wall were plainly calling harold harold and among their voices mr marlowe's was prominent soon afterward the marlowe carriage could be seen going through the trees driving rapidly down the yellow road i shouldn't wonder said rasselas very calmly if somebody had been kidnapping that boy they're always afraid of it that's the trouble with being a rich child but nobody's ever afraid about me and they went on playing until the west grew luminous and the shadows were long and purple a bell rang in the direction of the vegetable kingdom palace that's my supper said inez good-bye i will forgive you about the moonflowers rasselas inserted his head in the funnel and kissed her warm moist mouth then he stood for some time by himself looking after her but at length climbed over the wall by placing soap boxes on top of each other those boxes which had been houses a few minutes before and previously to that had contained young moonflower plants and other garden stuff he climbed down the grapevine unobserved on the other side and took his way somberly to the great pillared veranda of the make-believe house where he was greeted with hysterical questions and kisses and was greatly bored he admitted with perfect calmness that he had been kidnapped just as they feared by two very large men with black beards and taken to a cave but there his captors had fallen asleep and he had slain them as they lay and escaped and to this tale he stuck with placid satisfaction in its plausibility that in the end one or two weak-minded women almost believed him but nobody ever knew the truth however it was decided forthwith that rasselas needed a change and he was sent to school and played no more at that time with the sunbonnet princess of the vegetable kingdom a full moon stood just over the southeast wall of the marlowe place foolish and open-mouthed from the big house came the tuning of violins rasselas but he had forgotten that name and now thought of himself as harold marlowe paced in the shadow of the wall his head downcast sulkily unobservant of the blazing windows that laid orange patterns on the lawn catching a flowering shrub here and there of carriages rolling up the great curving drive of flashes of color passing within the bright doors of the triple thump of the first waltz a waltz that he liked with all the sentimental souls of him and that increased his self-pity he halted with his back to the wall and his hands in his pockets pondering after the manner of poets 
about the moon the fragrance of the shrubs the sadness of music and the peculiarities of his own temperament he wondered if he dared stay away from the house for the whole evening something soft and fragrant touched his cheek supposing it a gentle winged night moth he brushed it lightly aside but as it persisted turned and looked into the face of a great white flower swaying at the slender tip of a vine which drooped from the top of the spiked wall and then he saw that these ugly spikes were all softly blossoming in shimmering white under the moon and straightway remembered the vegetable kingdom that he had once discovered on the other side and how there was a princess a king and a queen who stayed in the kitchen but fed a little visiting prince with milk and cookies and the name of that visiting prince rasselas johnson the grapevine having grown as he had grown could still help him he climbed up as before cautiously stepped over the spikes and leaped but awkwardly so that he came down on all fours a scared voice said for mercy's sake then when he had dusted his knees and apologized to an indistinct person in a white gown who had shrunk into the great flowering vine until she might have been one of the blossoms i really believe you're rasselas johnson said she i couldn't come back before they sent me to school you are the vegetable princess aren't you i'm inez allen of course but i don't think it's at all nice of you to jump over things like that i wanted to get out of the happy valley she laughed and came out of the vine but her retreat into it had been so hurried that she was quite enmeshed and must work carefully to disentangle the slender branches from her hair and ruffles without further bruising the flowers your moonflowers said rasselas have come over to my side of the wall well you're at liberty to prune them off if you don't like them i didn't say i didn't like them if i hadn't seen them i shouldn't be here there was an awkward silence while they looked at each other with experimental smiles you've grown a good deal she finally said rasselas bowed there has been time relatively however we seem to be about the same as we were then innes considered the remark carefully at last she replied this is perfectly ridiculous i don't really know you at all i'm rasselas johnson you told us you were the gardener's nephew he felt that his evening dress was bringing suspicion upon him oh i am he said fervently i'm just helping the butler oughtn't you to be getting back then no i didn't have to you see that is i won't be needed until ever so much later oh well i don't mind i came out here to listen to the music what have you been doing all these years why they educated me and now expect you to take a servant's place oh no i just wanted to be obliging and you have been planting moonflowers ever since that and working my way through college i'm just out this summer i suppose you don't know anything about gardening i can't decide whether to go into violets or mushrooms there's enough land and i won't teach i won't i should think violets were nicer than mushrooms it's not a question of sentiment said inez sharply and sighed rasselas remembered that her father was a poet yet it wasn't very poetic for one's daughter to raise mushrooms for her living and work her way through college he thought of his own verses guiltily his family had been greatly bored when they appeared in the college magazines 
I wish you knew something about gardening. I should think, being the gardener's nephew, I could learn, said Rasselas. You didn't think I was offering you a position, did you? I was only wishing I knew somebody that knew something. You see, our place has never been cultivated much, and agricultural books are very confusing. They're so ungrammatical. Half the time, they just say the opposite of what they mean. Inez, called a voice somewhere in the darkness. Inez! It worries Papa to have me out when the dew is falling. Won't you come in and see him? Only one small light marked where lay the Vegetable Kingdom Palace, so low and little among its trees that it was invisible from the third-story windows of the other palace across the way. Its walls were shaggy with vines and buttressed with shrubs. The moon, before going down, hovered over its little chimney, dark against the grey-green sky. The waltz followed with plaintive inquiry and subtle lamentation, but Rasselas was no longer sad. A white kitten tiptoed to meet them, mewing delicately. Against the glowing window-shade sat the shadows of a somnolent parrot, headless on its perch, and in the exact middle of the threshold the hunched backs of three guinea-pigs formed a triple arch, mother and children in silent meditation. A rather rank odour of tobacco emanated from a deep shadow under the leafy wisteria. "'It's Rasselas Johnson, papa,' said Inez to the shadow. He jumped over the wall again into the moonflowers and said he wanted to get out of the happy valley. After which explanation, Inez picked up the white kitten and sat on the steps, with her back toward her father and Rasselas, listening to the music, her thoughts no doubt on the violet and mushroom business. The poet spoke somewhat dryly. Good evening, Mr. Johnson. I trust all is well in Abyssinia. And Rasselas stammered a little, as he said that it was. He sat on the railing, facing the guinea-pigs, who stared, motionless, unwinking, the light from behind them glimmering across their six bulging eyes. He had not been conscious of deceit before. He had supposed it was all in the way of romance. He did not like being unable to look a guinea-pig in the face, and turned the conversation as hastily as might be from Abyssinia. It gravitated naturally enough to agriculture as a pursuit for women, particularly the growing of violets and mushrooms. When the music stopped, Inez turned around. And we could eat the mushrooms ourselves, she said, if we couldn't sell them all. They're said to be very nourishing. Was it Rasselas's imagination, or did the light as it struck across her face show a dim depression under the cheekbone, as if, perhaps, he burned with sudden anger, she had not always enough to eat? There had been wistfulness in that remark. They're said to be very nourishing. Then he remembered how in that other time there had been a queen in the kitchen who served out bowls of bread and milk. He dared not ask, but there seemed no hint of her anywhere now. And by and by, as they talked, Inez said casually enough, though her voice was a shade softer on the phrase, Mother used to say, so he knew how the queen must now be elsewhere, and that Inez must be reigning alone in the kitchen, as well as in the garden. For the king, it developed, had grown old and lame, and that in daytime he spent long hours of meditation in the sun, and on warm evenings like this sat silent upon the veranda. In winters, no doubt, a lamp, an open fire, his many books, and the same long, slow thoughts of age. 
Rasselas looked at the slim Princess Ines in her white gown, with her white kitten, whose ears she was abstractedly turning inside out, and thought how it must be lonely for her. When he had looked at her a little longer, his breath quickened. He straightened his lovingly shoulders and smiled queerly, for he guessed from the symptoms, though he was not quite sure, what had happened to him, or at least what was in a fair way to happen if he stayed much longer where he was, and got into the habit of escaping by the moonflower way, out of the happy valley. There might be complications about that, he thought to himself. They'd do something hateful if I married, confound it, beneath me. Suppose they cut me off, for instance. Would she take me on as a hired man? And the idea had its attractions. He also ran over in his mind a certain story about King Cofetua and a beggar maid, blushing hotly in the darkness. Knowing his family's prejudices, however, the hired man alternative seemed likelier, and the guinea pig's round, truthful eyes never left his face. So all that evening the owners of Rasselas on the other side of the wall went about their business with smiling faces, but hearts angry at this one more defection from the path of propriety on the part of the heir to the throne. Mooning somewhere, I suppose, his father growled to his mother during a hurried conference. And she, poor soul, put her handkerchief carefully to her eyes behind her fan, whispering brokenly, To treat me so when I've tried so hard. You don't suppose anything's happened, said his sister, coming up breathlessly. Parker saw him walking out in the grounds. I don't care if there has, said Mr. Marlowe and they separated, troubled and ashamed, to attend to their guests once more. Inez decided to try, tentatively, both violets and mushrooms. This was the advice of Rasselas. He said also that he would find out everything he could from his uncle, the gardener, and bring over books. One need not always jump over the wall. There are gates, if one cares to go so far round about. So it came to pass that Rasselas became acquainted with the conventional way of entering the vegetable kingdom, though he secretly preferred the other, and used it when the shelter of darkness protected him from chance gardeners. Also it came to pass that he dreamed dreams, and found an elaborately simple code of ethics in the saying about the value of a man who makes two blades of grass to grow where but one grew before. If one substituted violets and mushrooms for blades of grass, the statement gained in value beyond all argument. The vegetable kingdom came to mean for him those same twenty acres or so that it had meant years before. One played the game of life with silent plants and found all the pleasurable excitement of living and few, if any, of its irritations. Rasselas, under the direction of Innes, gathered the summer apples for jelly, then the winter ones to be buried in sand in the cellar, then the butternuts, hickory nuts, and black walnuts. It was Rasselas who fashioned cold frames for wintering over the lettuce, and took down a tigerish but tender-lived rosebush from its trellis, covering it with straw and leaves. "'What have you done to your hands?' said his mother at luncheon, and received a lengthy account of a golf ball that had flown wild into brambles. He tucked up the bulbs, too, in like manner, and set all things in order for their sleep. And as he wrought, the Princess Innes grew more and more gracious, but somewhat shy. 
The king, however, walking feebly with crutch and cane, made little remark upon the work of his new ally, and indeed sometimes gazed at him with a vague and questioning trouble, convicting Rasselas of guilt which his reason hotly denied. Yet the time must come, he knew with foreboding, when explanations would be demanded from both sides of the war, and then, suppose he had to leave Abyssinia penniless, put in horticultural terms his father believed in severe pruning, had cut off already as many unpleasant things and persons as he could from his own existence. It was not at all beyond possibility that a too disobedient, always unsatisfactory son would be cut off if he dared too far. And suppose it to turn out that way, could he become enough of a gardener to justify himself in hiring out permanently to the Princess Inez, for he had no other calling by which to earn his salt, certainly? Thus matters stood at the close of autumn, when the Marlows were about to return to the city. All things were bare and sombre, with a hurry of grey clouds in the north, but with slanting sunlight from the south in which the first fine snowflakes had melted. The last eglantine, small, ruby-red, its petals a bit leathery from obstinacy, but smelling of June none the less, was under consideration by Inez as Rasselas came over to say good-bye. I go to-morrow. To-morrow? I'll come early in the spring, you know. She looked steadily at the hard blue mountains to the north, and unmistakable winter was in her eyes. We shall be glad to have you back. What will you do all winter? Attend to the mushrooms and violets, and do papa's typewriting. I've never been here in winter. It's not very interesting. If I got a chance to run up now and then, would you? Be glad to see you, yes. Still the steady look at the mountains over the winter would presently come rushing, still that look of patience to break a man's heart. Inez, if I came to you with nothing, not winter, but spring, and cheeks like the one eglantine. Rasselas stammered on. His cheeks were pale. Something about, your subject, always. He was thinking of consequences, of all he meant by coming with nothing. I don't want a hired man, said Inez, hysterically. But if you care... A slow step was approaching. An old straw hat just visible among a regiment of frost-touched dahlias. They were not brave enough to go deliberately to meet the king, but they found courage at least to wait his coming, hand in hand. When he saw them thus, he halted, with his quiet old hands folded upon his cane, and seemed not at all surprised. Well, Rasselas, he said at length, I don't know how this will be received in Abyssinia. His fingers moved restlessly, and he looked beyond the lovers to where the roofs of the Marlowe house towered into the sky. I have lived apart from the world so long, I have come to set values differently from the accepted manner. My ideas are not practical. If I ought to have spoken and prevented this, and yet I had your happiness at heart. He sat down upon a nearby bench and leaned his chin upon the veined hands that were crossed upon his cane, while the autumn leaves played in the wind up and down the path, and his white hair fluttered on his shoulders. When Rasselas set out to find happiness, did he shirk anything? Inez looked bewildered. Rasselas hung his head. The gentle voice pursued. 
why should we in the compass of a pale keep law and form and due proportion showing as in a model our firm estate when our sea-walled garden the whole land is full of weeds but said rasselas suppose that the prince of a royal house since we have played at figures so long suppose he finds himself incapable even of self-government suppose him since his earliest memory weighed in the balance and found by those who understand those things wanting suppose him to find a little kingdom little and yet great too that he thinks he can understand and help to govern well and learn to govern himself in the process and you know how well forrest liked his sabine farm sir i'm not bringing up my best argument he lifted inez's hand to his lips i haven't exactly meant any deception you know all about it i see and must have known all along but inez drew away from him and her face was white as she said who are you i hardly know said rasselas over there he pointed toward the shining roofs and chimneys of the great house they called me by a name that i didn't like and when i was a little boy i tried to change it and what is it they call you over there she was standing by her father now leaning a little as for support on his bent shoulders the manner of rasselas sank ignobly to the gloomy fretfulness of a detected thief what is the use of asking that your father knew all along and you must have guessed by now i'm harold marlowe the man i thought of marrying said inez slowly had a different name and he was poor he was different i think in a number of ways and she turned toward the house it did not occur to rasselas to try further self-justification she did not glance back at all but went slowly on with drooping head the kitten who had been cuffing the flying leaves up and down the path frisked at her skirt and got in the way of her feet with careless good humor rasselas looked after her until the door closed then drooped his head in dejected silence on raising his troubled eyes he was amazed and somewhat offended to find the old man regarding him with a smile that was both amused and kindly when one has just acted out what one supposes to be his life's high tragedy nothing cuts deeper than a spectator's smile i seem to have made an ass of myself he said why said the poet not so bad no not more than most young men i wouldn't worry about that aspect of it it was child's play at first and this summer I didn't see my way to undeceive her she liked me as the gardener's nephew as a man rather below her you see in station I know well enough how below her I am in every way but I was afraid that as Harold Marlowe she might not let me help and you can't understand what it's been for me this digging around in the plants and her showing me how to do things two in a garden yes the old plot I haven't been posing as the Lord of Burley or or Cofetua. Oh damn it if you don't understand it's no use my trying to explain Every word I say makes me out more of a cad. I Understand didn't I join in your little play when you jumped out of the happy valley into the poor child's moonflower bed Destroying her little dreams and plans. I let you stay and play didn't I and I let your distracted parents look for you it did them no harm 
he chuckled then by degrees grew serious and a little sad I think your greatest reason for the deception is the one you refrain from mentioning through delicacy the disapproval of Abyssinia Anything I do groaned Rasselas is unpopular over there You think you are misjudged I don't know I have a better opinion of myself than they have of me or I had until a few minutes ago He looked wistfully at Innes's window where the shade had been drawn down I Don't know anything about finance to please them I tried to learn a little while ago and blundered into a loss so heavy that well my father came so near disowning me then that I suppose it wouldn't be safe to cross him again my notion was to do as I liked for once to marry Innes and work on your farm here it seemed as if we could be happy and as if I could make it pay even if my father did cut me off entirely I can reason about vegetables and small sums even if I can't about millions and corporations and all that one may be able to recite the multiplication table and do sums in long division and yet make a poor fist at analytics yet it seems the poet said doubtfully as if there were a question of responsibility the kingdoms of today though not called kingdoms are so none the less and those who are born to power well there was a king who during a battle sat still and envied the shepherds doubtless he would have made a better shepherd than king and yet being king being what he was he ought to have resigned abdicated don't you think sir oh what a pity is it that he had not so trimmed and dressed his land as we this garden said the poet there are so many sighed rasselas who can trim and dress it better than he can his younger brother for example the poet went on i lived in a happy valley once and i shirked it in something the way you want to do but then you aren't a poet are you no indeed said rasselas eagerly and perhaps to be happy is a duty though the moralists don't teach so and as you say this little farm is big enough to be happy in if that were all big enough for you and Innes, as it was for me and another but you heard what she said just now it's all over there's no use in argument no not in argument but it may not be all over go back to abyssinia for a while and think it over make sure too whether you have a duty there that you are shirking i think Innes has some notion about that if only you won't send me away forever no not forever the snow was sodden and unwholesome in the hollows between bare ridges and hummocks and a tremendous wind boomed in the naked trees it was dark and rainy neither spring nor winter desolate beyond all other seasons the poet lay back in a morris chair his feet on a tabouret pillows tucked under him at every possible angle a gay afghan over his long thin legs breathing had become a serious matter with him which he was in haste to be done with as soon as might be he seemed listening as if for some other sound than the wind and watched Innes anxiously and furtively as she prepared his gruel over the coals in the fireplace Innes, yes dearest mustn't make too much of things that don't really matter sometimes it's better not to hold too rigidly to principles they may be only prejudices oh papa dear surely right is right not always 
he smiled whimsically i can't argue though now you'll just have to accept my conclusions don't ask me to forgive him papa forgive no stevenson says he doesn't know what forgiveness is there isn't any such thing you've made me burn your gruel dear i'll make you some more and you mustn't talk to me about him this time i must talk while i can wasn't that a step on the porch it was only the wind nobody would come in such weather inez he raised himself up with difficulty and looked at her imploringly take what life offers when it offers don't let happiness pass by for the sake of a whim happiness is a duty when it comes it doesn't often come not real happiness i'm sure someone knocked the wind has knocked all day but i'll make sure the knock was unmistakable this time at first it had been timid but was imperious at last and when she opened the door the wind and rain entered noisily but with them a young man wet and stormy as young spring itself who threw his arms about her and kissed her and it was rather astonishing if one thought of the manner in which she had dismissed him how quietly her hands clasped together behind his neck and how meek her pale face was under his kisses did papa send for you she said at last yes but i was ready to come anyway perhaps he is right come in and talk to him while i make his gruel good evening mr johnson said the poet tremulously i trust all is well in abyssinia you will be pleased to know sir that i have made my peace with abyssinia to such an extent that i can do as i like in the matter of most importance to me i am cut off with a shilling at my own request and the shilling is of moderately generous proportions inez brought the gruel i hope you aren't hungry smiled the poet if you are i'm afraid you'll have to put up with gruel we've got out of the way of eating much else of late i can't and inez is too lazy to cook just for herself there's bacon said inez shyly and eggs i think the hens were cackling this morning and it won't take long to make biscuit i'm more hungry for this than anything else rasselas kissed her again eyes hair and mouth while her father smiled approval and the storm blustered savagely at doors and windows but people who are contented with gruel bacon and eggs and each other are not troubled by such matters once the poet turning his dim eyes upon the trickling panes observed cheerfully this is a real spring rain no one replying he intelligently regarded the two cooks who were manipulating the frying pan over the coals and making sad work of that frugal dinner by reason of their happy absent-mindedness without doubt happiness is a duty he said softly End of chapter seven